Hey babe, welcome to the She Factor Podcast, a space where we believe empowered women empower women. We're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to live your best life and find your purpose. Join me every week as we dish out real life tips and tricks on all things juicy, inspiring, and educational, but of course, never boring. I'm Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to She, and your host of the She Factor Podcast. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us as women unstoppable. Are you excited? I'm excited. This is your first podcast. My first podcast. Okay. So I'm super excited to have Rachel on the podcast today. And we're actually doing this in person. Yay! <laughs> like COVID has kept us from doing this, but we're in Boulder. We're social yep. distanced. We are. Then we're, now I think we're at least seven feet apart. Right. There we go. Um, just everything she's doing is so empowering. And I'll let her tell you guys a little bit about what she does. But we're obviously talking about freedom this month. And freedom can mean so many different things. Obviously, in the fact of us talking about it here at Chief Factor, we talk a lot about being an engaged citizen and being part of your community. And, you know, freedom in the sense of being a woman specifically can mean so many things. And freedom today, we're going to talk about what it means to be free from the fear and free from the, um, what am I trying to, the words I'm trying to think of? I know where you're going with this. I think to to step back for a second, you know, fear and freedom, Mm -hmm. kind of the flip side of the coin, right? Not only do we have freedoms at a societal level, Well, COVID made it worse, but the political environment has lent itself to those freedoms being, um, you know, in jeopardy, mm-hmm. right? And the fear is heightened because we don't, you know, we're, let's take, for example, women who are stuck inside with abusers, mm-hmm. right? You're, we're quarantined, we can't go anywhere. So, right there, And then as we come out of the pandemic mode and quarantine, we want to walk around, you know, safely, but there's anger, there's aggression, you know, a lot of pent up, emotions. a lot of pent up emotions. And then, you know, the freedom to express yourself and have an opinion mm-hmm. and have a disagreement, mm-hmm. right? And then worry about being attacked. Right. Worrying about being and attacked on the street. You know, the freedom of owning your boundaries, too. So that was a really heavy conversation. And this is kind of, I feel like, the next step to that. Like, how do you prevent that from happening and defend yourself and use your confidence and especially in creating a life you love, like you have to have that next level of how do I protect myself and how do I go into society and feel safe? Right. I mean, having safety is so important. So go ahead, introduce yourself. I, that was a long tangent we just went on, but, um, so Rachel's so awesome and she owns a company called battle mom. Well, 
battle mom, battle woman, battle girl, um, all of the battle, all the battle females. <laughs> so tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your company and what you do. So battle mom is a self-defense, you know, at its core is a, is a self-defense methodology that I've created, um, over, you know, been developing over the past 15 years based in my study of martial arts. Um, I have multiple black belts in several different systems. Um, you can read my bio for that. We don't, I don't have to go deeply into, you know, all the things that I've trained, but, um, Study deeply grappling arts, striking arts, some weapons, and I continue to do so. And during those studies, you know, started to develop an awareness of, wow, I'm really good at just defending myself. I'm only five feet tall. And I won't mention what I weigh, <laughs> but you know, I'm not a, I'm not a large human, but I learned over time that I had to recreate every technique or every concept that I was taught because of my size. Um, I learned that martial arts is designed and, you know, implemented really, it's a traditional male dominated system, right? Mm -hmm. So here I am a woman, there are very few women in the martial arts. Um, you know, so oh, now I stop. <laughs> now my brain goes on. No, it's okay. That happens. Um, so taking this traditional martial arts notion and translating it into the now, mm -hmm. bringing it, how can I bring this to, to women and help it be practical for everyday life? And then... You know, aside from that, the, the interesting caveat to my story is that I have a degree in, in music and I sang opera. So through my opera training, you know, having you have a music degree or no, you have a music background. Background, um, yes. We studied breathing extensively. So it became it was, you know, implicit in my um, studies and, and, and in the creating of my system that, um, you know, breathing was such an important component. But I, I always say, stay calm, breathe, and react, mm -hmm. right? So through martial arts, you learn the focus and the calm and learning how to react. You do learn about breathing. That said, there's a deeper level of, of the breathing component, right? Learning how to breathe to bring your heart rate down. Mm -hmm. Learning how to breathe and, and, and bring your heart rate down in any situation. You know, a traumatic event that could be happening to you as you're walking through the, through the streets, a work environment, standing in front of a group of people. It could be, you know, aggressive, non-aggressive, but just learning how to calm yourself and be in the moment so you can react and react appropriately. So, you know, my all my backgrounds come together into this system that really has helped me first and foremost. And then I decided as Battle Mom grew that I could help other people too. Um, the name Battle Mom is actually an interesting story because my children, I have three children, we were at a Memorial Day parade and my son saw these tanks and they said, Mom, you should outfit your car like a tank. And, you know, I was with a friend and she said, oh, like, like you're going into battle, like a battle mom. And I was like, oh my God, my son's just named me. You know, I'm like, I need battlemom.com right now. So <laughs> I coined that phrase term for me and I became battle mom. I, I wanted to make it a community, but really I am battle mom, right? I'm the one with this, this background and I wanted to create a tribe, a community of women, of battle women 
where I was the mentor, right? I'm your mentor on this journey of strong, journey to strong. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, your, your ability, your physical abilities, it doesn't matter. There's a path for you that creates the freedom that you want to have, right? And I guess that that's the long story of, you know, how I became Battle Mom and where the idea for Battle Mom came about. And it's just been this amazing journey that constantly evolves over time. And as I meet people like you doing these wonderful things for women, I, I, I think of a new, you know, oh yes, I'm doing that too. And what a great way to say that. And what a great synergy and how we can all actually work together mm -hmm. and, and, you know, set boundaries and bring more awareness to the world and, you know, do so many good things for each other. It's so great. So as we talk about freedom, you know, I think that there's this underlying fear that a lot of women have mm -hmm. in their safety and even like you mentioned in work environments and it, it's this constant fear that we live in and being free of that is so important. So can you talk a little bit about your own personal experience, whether it be traveling the world mm -hmm. like we talked about or in work? I know you've had so many different arrays of situations that you've been in that has really sparked why you're doing this. So interestingly enough, my very first experience where I would have, could have needed self-defense I, early in my 20s, I was trapped in a subway car just to cut to the chase. I was not aware of my surroundings, which is tenant number one in self-defense. And you can avoid most situations if you trust your gut and are aware of your surroundings. Um, I lost my awareness. I was busy doing whatever it was I was doing. I think I was reading. And... I looked up and I was the only person left on the car with a homeless man. Now, in and of itself, that is not a traumatic experience, right? But this person decided that I was going to be the subject of his whatever it was he wanted to do. He started throwing food at me. He was clearly on some sort of chemical, right? His eyes were rolling. He was very large. He was tall. And I'm only five feet tall and I was wearing a skirt coming from work in my early 20s. And... I couldn't get off the train. I couldn't get off the train for two reasons. Going through a bad part of town in Manhattan. I was in Manhattan. We were stuck for a period of time between stations underground. So there's no option. I knew that if I got off the train at that moment, it was underground and it was a, a bad part of town and there would be no help. And then he would likely follow me. Mm -hmm. So... I, I waited and I tried my best to just stay attentive. I couldn't get to the next car because he was sitting right by the door. So at a certain point, I thought, okay, now's my opportunity. It's probably 30 minutes of just like what, what's going to happen next. I picked up a dinner roll and I tossed it in a way that he had to look in the opposite direction and, and bend down to pick it up. And I hope that that's what would happen. Yes, that's what happened. I jumped up and I ran for the, the door, ran to the next car. He followed me. Luckily, there was a very kind citizen that saw immediately the look on my face, offered help, and escorted me off the train. From that moment on, I knew that I needed to do something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I was, that was never going to happen again. Fast forward, I started training in the martial arts, you know, a couple of, a couple of years later. And 
I, I think I'd forgotten about the episode as one tends to do, but you still hold the feeling, mm-hmm. right? And so unable to set that boundary, and I think that's another freedom, right? I, that, I had a freedom immediately removed from me. I wasn't allowed to leave. Well, that's unacceptable. That's, that's absolutely unacceptable. And that was never going to happen again. And, I, and, and again, that, that notion, I, I held the feeling and I knew freedom if we're going to you know, call it freedom is incredibly important and it's safety and it's a choice, right? And that choice was removed from my control. And through my training, I just naturally became very good at self-defense. You know, there are a lot of things you can study in martial arts, forms, um, fighting, self-defense became just almost an obsession because there are so many variables, mm-hmm. right? And I can talk about more experiences that happen after that, right? There are so many variables that can happen in a self-defense situation and you are not in control of it, period. You have no control and you just have to accept it. You accept it and you plan for it. Mm-hmm. So what I learned is that I had all these wonderful tools and I had my own opinion about how they should be used and it shouldn't be complicated. And you didn't need a lot of the tools. You didn't need fancy tools. You need practical tools. And then the, 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 and how you put them together then needed to be quite simple because you need to remember them in a time of panic. I mean, it, it is panic. You're breathing, you know, you're, you're breathing elevates, your heart rate elevates. Sometimes you don't even see what's in front of you. Sometimes you close your eyes, all these things. And, and so in that respect, that's a, that's a scenario where you take your own freedom away. You close your eyes to, to something that's happening and you can't respond because you don't see what's in front of you. And it's very important to realize that as a woman to stay attentive, you do have control. And, and I did realize that I was like, wow, I can take down guys who are over six feet tall and outweigh me by a hundred pounds. Not only can I take them down, so they're not going to hurt me. I can hurt them if I have to. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I don't want to, but I I know how to, if I need to. So I did all of this training and, you know, I think it, I I already had a black belt then. It took me about nine years to get my first black belt, right? And so that's intense, intense training. And and you, you do start to see your path individually very clearly. And, and again, again, my system doesn't, doesn't require you to take martial arts, right? I, I, I've distilled it down in a way that, that into bite-sized pieces that are very practical. Some people might want to, and that's wonderful. I'm an advocate for it, for children, for adults, men and women, but you don't have to. If you just want to get stronger and understand some travel light tools mm-hmm. that you can have for your toolkit, that's what I bring. That's what I you know, offer to women and girls and those who identify as women, frankly, um, because they are a targeted group of people that, that need help, you know, learning how to protect themselves and setting boundaries. Fast forward a few years later, (laughs) another homeless man. It was interesting. Many stories in between of boundary breaking, right? Bubble breaching episodes. And I have always been able to stop or thwart 
an impending attack with a eye contact. Eye contact is very important. Like I said, don't close your eyes. If you can't see what's in front of you, you can't address it. Awareness, confidence, intent. When you have skills and you don't need very many, you start to build a confidence that is it comes from your pores. You don't have to think about it. You walk a little taller. You know, people think that I'm like five, six and I'm only five feet tall. And I'm like, yeah, because that's my confidence. It's my <laughs> ego floating above me, walking behind me. Um, my, my wings like expanding when I, when I feel threatened and the intent is the key. Mm-hmm. You know, you've practiced, you've done all these wonderful things for yourself, your fitness, your confidence, use it and recognize immediately when that boundary and don't feel bad about it. I think that that's the other key that I, I see. I saw it in myself in business in life. When I was doing physical things, I'm, I'm very out there. I'm like, no, that's a boundary. Stop. It's, it's obvious. That's an obvious thing. When you get into the business world, those covert types of aggressions, are much more difficult to manage Mm -hmm. because you think to yourself, did that just happen? Huh? I wish I would have said that. Hmm. You know, belittling women, you know, just with a few simple words, it's like, really? Did you just say that to me? Why did you, and immediately calling it out. Mm -hmm. And that takes no physical, right? But it does take eye contact and being aware. I see you. I see what you're thinking and I see what you're trying to do to me. And I'm not going to let that happen. And when you meet eye contact, and I've had that, had this many times, you know, again on the street and again in the business world, simple eye contact with a confident look, I may not know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. I know that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm going to learn, but you will not treat me lesser than and make me feel bad or make me feel insecure. There's no, or undermine my confidence. There's nothing I hate more than I see somebody undermining another person's confidence. And I I don't care. Gender is, you know, insignificant at that point. Uh, What happened later after I had my skills, it's going to my 40th birthday party in Manhattan again. And a homeless man approached me. I was with a friend actually, and she peeled off. She she freaked out and peeled fight or, off. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. And I and I was like, Olivia, what happened? <laughs> I was like, where did you go? She peeled back and was walking behind us. He was so close to me and just chattering in my ear. And I, and I was like, why? I was just annoyed at this point, right? And he stayed there. And so I looked at him. I was not afraid just because I. I just am never, after that moment on the train, I was never afraid again. And that that's potentially a choice. I, I don't really know why. And I noticed he had a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other. And I was like, hmm. okay, his hands are, he can't, he can't touch me because his hands are full. All right. So let's see where this goes. I don't feel threatened at the moment, but I'm getting annoyed. And he's breached my personal bubble, which I, anyone who knows me (laughs) knows that I don't like. And I just, I thought, what can I do? What are my options here? And in my head, I saw exactly what I was going to do. And it was going to be an offensive strike at that point um, to protect myself. And it wouldn't have hurt him. It would have stopped him and he wouldn't have known what hit him. Right. And on, I could have gone on with my day. 
So I had that in my head. And at one point, I just stopped. And I looked at him like he had six heads. <laughs> I was like, just sort of like, I can't believe you're still here. And he looked at me. And again, I made eye contact with him. He looked at me. And he, you could see his brain was working. And he said, I'm going to leave now. And I, and I wow. said to him, that's a really good idea. And he did. He left. And on I, I, went, I went. So I, I learned... And, and scenarios like that happened, have happened multiple times. I mean, I tell that story in different cities around the world, and they all ended the same. I, you know, you let it go for just long enough to determine whether you're in danger or not, and then you face it and say, go away. And I've never once had somebody say, anything other than, okay, I'm going to leave now. It, and, and I think, and I know it's because I know that I have the skills to back it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm again, all sizes, all ages, it doesn't matter. There's a skill for you, right. That's going to make you confident. No, no, none of us are the same. Right. And that's another thing that I, I try to bring to the table. You might think that you're not strong. You are you are, and, and I'll show you how you're strong. There is something for you, I promise, right? And if you put all that together with the breathing, staying calm, reacting so you can react appropriately, right? You feel, it's amazing. Like you feel unstoppable. And love that you use that word because that's yeah. our word. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you really do because you don't, it's all about, being confident in who you are. And I have the right, I have the right to walk around here. If I want to wear this low cut outfit, that's my right. It's my freedom. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the right unless you ask, you need to ask permission. Mm -hmm. You don't have the right to say anything or assume more importantly, you don't have the right to assume that you have any right to say anything or do anything or touch me, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a great story about um, when I was three, and this will be, you know, the story for my book when I when I get around to writing it. Um, I was three, and I was with my mom in a restaurant, and a friend of hers came up and oohed and odd, oohed and odd, touching, 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 grabbing me, pinching me. You're so cute. You're so cute. Bought me a candy bar. You're so oh, this, that, the other thing, ooing and eyeing, and all what, you know, what you would think would be positive things. She walked away from the table and I sat up in my chair, three-year-old me, and I turned around loud and clear and don't you ever touch me again. And my mom, oh, my mom was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, but why? I just... She didn't have a right to do that. And I know you, you didn't think that it was, I don't blame you at all. You know, thinking about now, I'm sure I didn't think it then, but you know, it starts early, mm-hmm. right? Ask permission. I never, even with my own kids, I'm like, you know, <laughs> kind of gauge the room, <laughs> you know, but it's important. It's important to respect people's boundaries. Yeah. It, it, that just immediately is a restriction and takes the choice away. 
mm-hmm. right? And, and you, you can pass that on to many different scenarios. And like, like as you get older, why did you put your arm around me? Mm-hmm. I say that to my middle school classes and teen classes, and I have mixed genders. I say to the boys, did she give you permission to do that? And it, it took me a long time to realize, you know, those sort of assumptions are just, we need to think differently about them, right? And us as women, and, and as I teach my daughter and, and talk to my friends, it's okay to say, stop. And, it's, it, and it has to be okay to receive that information. I think that's another key component, right? Don't, don't take it personally and, oh, you're so blah. You know, no, no, nothing. You have to ask permission for all those things because it, it, it's all restrictive. It's, it's, you know, I feel like a bird in a cage sometimes, you know, like I'm, you're not property. I'm not your property. You don't get to touch me. You don't get to, you know, we're here, we're looking at each other. We're engaged. We have a social agreement contract to interact with each other, but that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. You know, so setting boundaries is a really key component and being clear with it, you know, and, and sometimes it is difficult to set the boundary. You feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you what, the quicker you can do it and react in the moment, the more powerful you feel. It sort of feeds itself and in, in a really positive way. Cause you don't have to be mean or nasty about it. It's like, Hey buddy, no it's suffrage 19th amendment. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. It's so shocking to me that it took so long to achieve that goal. Community is supposed to be about everyone. And society is a balance. You think male, masculine, feminine, yin, yang, left and right, and that's not a political statement, it's just literally left and right, teeter-totters, whatever. I can't even express, you know, and I guess we're lucky, right, because we're experiencing the benefits from it. We didn't go through the struggle. Imagine not having any freedoms. Not only not to vote, but you weren't even a recognized, you were, you were just, I guess, what, what would we be? We bear children? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Is that it? But no, in many cultures, it, many cultures are matriarchal societies, right? And women are highly revered and respected. So why, and I'll only speak to, you know, United States. Why Why did it take so long? What is the fear? So then you go to the fear. Is it fear-based? Fear that, you know, why would that freedom be kept from a, from, from the other half, from your, the, the people that you want to raise your children, have your children? You would think that they would want that. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it's fear. I think it's fear that, you know, fear and control. Mm -hmm. And what we realize now, or what I realize at least, is control is an illusion. And, and, And working in teams and working in the community, you learn more and you get better. That just seems logical. Mm -hmm. So keeping, keeping, even if you think about keeping a secret, 
that benefits no one. It's a, it's a lie, right? So, you know, yay, 19th Amendment. Thank you to those women that went through what they went through so that we could have these freedoms, right? And now we still have a lot of work to do. So we can vote. Get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. And think about it from the community level, right? The tribe. But I think about it even masculine and feminine because I have a lot of, you know, I'm pretty balanced. I, I think what I do, ten, people tend to think that it's masculine, right? But it is not a man's world. It is our world, right? Yeah. I think we have to stop thinking of it that way. Like, I think that's part of the the issue with, I guess, if we keep thinking of it as man's world, then we're giving them the power. And we have to start thinking about it as it's everyone's world. It's our world. It's their world. It's we all have the same rights, the same power, the same, you know, ability to make a difference. And if we stop thinking about it in the sense of, well, they have all the control, they have all the the power then. And I get that, like, it's hard to change that perspective when it's society is set up the way it is. But the more we change that mindset and eliminate that fear and eliminate that restriction, the more power and confidence, like you were just talking about, it's the same thing with self-defense. Like if you eliminate that, that fear from yourself and you're just like stepping into that moment, being confident, then like you said, it's just, it all strips away. Set a boundary, be clear, be clear that the intention is, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's a component to it too. Nobody's actually very clear about what the path is, mm-hmm. right? So are we all on the same path to have a common goal that people should be free? People, meaning people. Mm-hmm. It's it's gender neutral, completely neutral, right? And that's great. And you can choose to be, let's just bring it back to, to women, you can choose to be a stay-at-home mom you can choose, and that's that's awesome. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, right? I, I, I love that. I was a stay-at-home mom for a period of time, but I work full-time, and that's great. All those things are great. There's a place for everyone. Like I said, there's a seat for every ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, sit down, enjoy. And you know what? You don't have to sit in that seat forever. Mm-hmm. But don't judge. And don't tell me that I can't. You don't have the right to do that. And not only can you not tell me that I can't, can't vote. What do you mean I can't vote? That's, that's crazy. And I think in the, you know, again, I'm not a history person, but when you look even before that, there, women did have the right to vote early on in the colonies. And then it was taken away. Hmm. Um, now, that's just a quick quick little note and I you know I'd have to look into that a little bit more but you know I, it's like when did those rights get stripped and why and I think history is so fascinating in that way of looking back and seeing you know I think we're in a we're we're in a moment right now mm-hmm. like this moment of history will be known we're in a white knuckle <laughs> ride <laughs> like it will be known but I think it's important to look back at what's happened before us and even just talking about the 19th amendment and the hundredth year anniversary, it's like how far we've come and even thinking about, you know, racism and all of the racism 
conversations we're having right now, thinking about where we were and how far we've come. And there's always going to be work to do. I mean, that there's no doubt there. But let's not strip away the progress that we've made because we can't agree. Like, let's bring together all these amazing minds that we have, women and men and entrepreneurs and um, stay-at-home moms. Let's bring together all those minds to create a solution that works for everyone. And it's like, how do you find that common right place of meeting in the middle? It's interesting because I think that there's this notion of the haves and the have-nots and the haves, whatever that is, however you want to define that. And keeping control of, of their haves from the have-nots. And, but what does that get you? Mm-hmm. Does it get anybody anything? Maybe. Maybe it gets you comfort. Maybe, maybe you need control to feel comfortable. That said, you're on this earth with a lot of other people, right? And we don't have to have at the expense of somebody having not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same in the self-defense you know, you can, I, I, you know, I'm the self-defense person, right? So I can always bring that back. You don't have to take something from me. My dignity, my pride, my freedom, my safety. You don't have to take that away from me because you are in pain or you need something. And I, I think that the more people that speak out, and this transcends everything, if you see something, say something, mm-hmm. right? I think we're so bad at being advocates and allies. It's not my problem. I, I don't have time for that. Oh my God, I don't want to get into that. It is your problem. It's not your problem until it is your problem. And I promise you, every one of you, <laughs> every one of us, at one point it will be your problem. So don't wait for it to be your problem to do something about it. So even now, what are we talking about? The right to vote. Everyone's, uh, everyone's right to vote is in jeopardy right now, right? Because of the mail-in ballots, voting centers, you know, sort of up in the air. What, what's happening? I don't, I actually don't really know what's happening right now. Like, <laughs> do you, are, are we able to mail in? Are, you know, is that, does everyone in all the states have those freedoms? And that, that transcends even women, right? Mm-hmm. That's elderly minorities, depending on where you are, urban environments, rural environments, it affects everyone, right? So, you know, in order to have a, an accurate, like a true, you know, governing system or true community, everybody has a voice. Everybody needs to have a voice. Yeah. And I, when we talk about freedom, actually, I think one of the first sentences in you know, our, our book about it is it's about finding your voice. It's about listening to all of the different things going on in the world and forming an opinion and finding your voice. And it might be something that you're passionate about, like education or, you know, self, self-defense. And maybe it doesn't seem like it's involved in the government, but like we had in our initial conversation, self-defense is very involved in the government. I mean, educating children and educating women and, giving them access to these resources if they're in a bad situation. Like it's so deep, everything is so deeply ingrained into the way that we're governed. So how do we find our voice? Like how do you find that confidence and step into it and eliminate all of the outside noise 
that you think is maybe your voice, but it's really society. I think that what you're doing with She Factor is a, is a really amazing step towards that, you know, creating environments in different parts of the country where people can come together and do good things, you know, having mentorships and having understanding that there is something different and there's a better way and, and, oh yeah, I can do that. There are other people that think this way. Um, and I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important aspect in self-defense, in being a good citizen and being in this, in this society. It's like, you are not alone. You have people. And I think that's in the self-defense courses I've taken. I think that's been a huge part of them and gaining that confidence is realizing, wow, how many people have been through similar situations and how many people don't have that confidence, but are building it with me and I'm not alone. Right. Well, you know, to speak of a freedom, the, the, the statistics are shockingly unclear because women don't report. They don't have a good venue for reporting because oftentimes they are blamed, number one. They are blamed and shamed. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I went through this whole experience. I think I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast with my sexual assault and I did report and it was probably the worst experience I've ever been through. Like it was worse than the actual assault because you have to relive it over and over and over again. And then they, there's the blame and the shame. And so why would women want to report when it's such a terrible process? Right, right. So there's one thing right there we can, you know, part of my mantra <laughs> mission, please report. Because the more we speak out, the better it will be. It has to be. You know, no more of this la, 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 it's not happening. Or it didn't happen. Or, or it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to me. That's, that's another one that's frustrating and saddening to me. Because I hope it doesn't. By all means, I think none of us want this to happen to each other. But that's where if you change your mindset and say, you know, the statistics say it will happen to me. It's like, what, one in three? It might even be lower at this point. One in two. And if we find a place of finding our voice, reporting, you know, sticking by each other and building a community like you're doing of strong, powerful women, you know, I think that's what we're both trying to do right now. Yep, absolutely. And again, it's, it's everywhere. It's everything. Self-defense, the freedom, just freedom to do whatever we want to do, right? The, within... <laughs> I'm going to run down the street screaming. Ah. Um, yeah. Sticking together mentorships. I think that's something that we can do better. And I think that that's what She Factor is really highlighting. You know, females sticking by females. It's okay. There's enough for all of us. And, you know, I think that's that whole notion of not reporting and not speaking up. Like, I have to keep it. I have to. I, I can succeed and only I can succeed. And if I share, uh, you know, I'm going to get hurt in some way. I will be I will be wronged in it's some that way. vulnerability piece. Vulnerability. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to change at Chief Factor is it's OK to be vulnerable. Like it, that's how you grow. That really uncomfortable feeling of being vulnerable. And I get that in a situation of an attacker something like that, you're already vulnerable. But by being more, more vulnerable, you're helping other people. 
And that was like the eye-opening experience to me is like when I had my attack, I was like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to expose myself even more than I've been exposed. And I don't want to help other people because I don't even know how to help myself. And when you start hearing, like, I feel like once you go through something, I'm sure you've experienced this in self-defense. When you experience something like that, it's like the whole world is just like sending you signals all over. It's like everyone wants to tell you and they don't even know, but it's like everyone's telling you their story. Everyone's like, it just starts to happen. It's healing. Yeah. And that's how you heal. And you find that that vulnerability is where the healing and the growth happens. Right. And I think that, you know, the more I talk, and this is fascinating to me, the more I do classes, I find out things that I, I didn't even think were possible. I, you know, people start to tell sort of stories, either anecdotally, you know, a, a you know, air quotes here, friend, or they can be open about what happened to themselves and we'll workshop it. I will stop. I'm like, let's workshop that if, if that's what you would like, if, if that's something you're concerned about. But I learn something new at every class and it shocks me. I, you would think that there'd be a, a, a finite number of ways and we could plan, but they're not. But I think coming back to those awareness, eye contact, breath work, intent, like coming back to those things, it's like, doesn't matter what situation is out there going to happen to you. If you come back to those core foundation, trust your gut. Yeah. All those things. Oh my gosh. Stay calm, breathe and react. That's your body just knows things are going to happen before they happen. It's crazy. And that's what your gut is, you know? <laughs> the intuition. Your intuition is so powerful. And, and I do it all the time. Oh, I, that's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll be fine. But no, it's better to be safe than sorry. Better to be safe than sorry. And the more we can talk about that and hearing how, you know, I, I listened to my gut a couple of, couple of times I didn't. And, you know, I wish I would have. And... So what I started incorporating in the classes is this notion of visualization. And so after we learn a certain amount of techniques and, you know, you think about scenarios, we meditate for a few minutes and then think about an uncomfortable situation, even the one, the one that we, you know, workshopped in class or one of your own. And then imagine yourself being successful getting out of that. That is so powerful. It kind of takes away the regret piece and the shame piece that so many women feel. It's like if you rethink the situation and say, okay, if I was successful, what would have happened? It, it doesn't, it kind of eliminates like, okay, now I know how to protect myself. And I didn't before, but now I have that power within me. And it's not your fault. Also to the, the notion of you did something wrong. Okay, maybe we can make different choices, but you made the best choice you could in the moment. You did nothing wrong. These are, you know, opportunistic endeavors, right? Not for you, for the person, you know, you are at the wrong place at the wrong time. And maybe you listened to your gut, maybe you didn't. But it doesn't matter. It shouldn't have happened. And I think we always need to go back to that. You should be able to walk freely without fear. That's it. And, and this is my way of helping us do that. There are other ways, but this is what I have to contribute to the world. It is going to change the world. Hopefully, yeah. You know, because it's, it's awareness, it's together, it's community, 
And it's, you know, you think about, my, you know, Wonder Woman and her tribe of Amazons, right? They protect each other, right? Emotionally, physically. And, you know, there's this notion of, yeah, I, I can take care of myself. And yes, we can. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. You are strong enough. You have the power. You have the skills. You can have the power and the skills. Let's do it. Yeah. What's holding you back, you know? Yeah. It's okay. And, and even if you never use it, which I hope you never do, you have it in your toolkit. Sometimes just learning that is enough to give you enough confidence and you won't become a victim. Well, like you said, just having the confidence that you now have to just say no or back off. It's like now that's not going to happen because you have that confidence and having that in your toolkit. Speaking of toolkits, you are going to be a part of our She Care Summit. I know I teased it during our last podcast episode, but um, that's actually you know what sparked this conversation. And Rachel's actually going to be doing a self-defense workshop as part of it. And the She Care Summit, are really our, our intention is to give every woman a self-care, mental health, wellness toolkit to walk away. And each workshop is going to provide one thing that you can add to that toolkit. So if this resonated with you today, and I'm sure it did, because really every woman has been through an experience that can trigger that. We're going to give you this, this piece of your toolkit to walk away with. And it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I'm so excited at the possibility of, number one, reaching more people. And number two, doing something in a different format that I've ever done before. So, you know, this notion of virtual combined with live action Q&A mm -hmm. or however we do it is extremely innovative. And I'm really excited. And I can't wait to everybody who's listening and everybody who's not listening to join us. It'll be great. It's <laughs> going to be wonderful. It will be. And I'm just, I think that so many women need this. And even if you don't think you need it, it's, it's preventative. It's, it's proactive. And that's what we need to be. We need to switch, switch that mindset. It's not going to happen to me. It never will. Or, you know, it, it's my fault. Changing that narrative to, it's not my fault. I'm pushing forward. I'm doing something for myself. And I think that that's what self-defense is so important. The, the key foundation of it is you're doing something for yourself. Whether or not you use it, you don't know, but you're doing something to empower yourself. And it's so empowering. It is. And, and I think that it's implicit and you, you do end up using it in ways you have no idea. It, it just is pervasive without you even trying. And we didn't even get into like how to do all of the things like an even of a passive work environment. So may, we might have to do a part two, but so. also just having, I think we'll talk about this a little bit in the She Care Summit too, but how to use those techniques in just little situations where you don't even know you're using it. It kind of becomes like muscle memory. It is. It absolutely is. And, you know, hopefully, you know, after the summit or during the summit, you know, we'll have an understanding of, or, you know, the audience will have an understanding of, this doesn't have to be a lifestyle. For me, it's a lifestyle. For many, it's a lifestyle. It can just be a life touch, right? And you take from it what you need only, you know, and you come back occasionally and, and you know, refresh or regroup in a way. But, but there's no pressure in any way, you know, to, to do one thing or another. It's only what works for you. And that's the design, by design, absolutely. Design a life you love, create a life you love. Exactly. To become unstoppable. <laughs> exactly. It's just is so aligned, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rachel. It was so awesome having you on and you're just doing such amazing work. So thank you for changing the minds and lives of women and 
keep on fighting the fight battle on the battleground <laughs> battle strong <laughs> i love it um and you all will get another piece of her if you join us for a she cares summit which you will be hearing more about very soon looking for more than a weekly dose of she factor find us on social media at the she factor or head to our website theshefactor.com to keep up to date with all the trends on our blog and daily she email still want more subscribe on our app for access to live events near you special offers from our brand partners and lots of exciting tools to help you launch your life. Thanks for listening and see you next week.